0: And welcome to the Owner to Owner podcast. My name is Felicia Harris, and I'll be your guest host this morning. Now, you already know, owning a company is complex. There are a zillion moving parts. And when you bring employees into the picture, things get even more complex. Whether you have one employee or 10,000 employees, it can be a challenge to keep it all running smoothly. And that's where everything HR comes in. We do one thing, HR. We're human capital experts. We're problem solvers. We make things simpler. And this complimentary podcast will provide you with the latest HR trends. Whether you do business in your home state or across the United States, you'll be able to call in and talk to HR professionals about the issues that keep you up at night. More importantly, you'll hear best practices from other business owners that have been in your shoes. And this morning is no exception. This morning we have a special guest that is very, very, very in-depth on her subject matter and she will be able to provide you with information that I am sure that will be extremely valuable to you taking your business to the next level. And I'm going to allow Renee to introduce herself and tell us a little bit about her and about her business before we jump into our topic today which is executive presence, master it without breaking a sweat. So, Renee, please tell us about you.
1: Well, first of all, thank you so much for the warm uh, welcome, and thank you for inviting me to join you on your podcast. I'm so excited to be here. So a little about me and then about the company. I have been uh, heavily engaged in strategic communications for more than three decades, uh, I have honed my skills of helping multimillion and dollars brands uh, grow and amplify their brands. And so I'm very, very passionate about brands and marketing and strategic communications because as business owners and as professionals, even if you're like in a corporate setting or uh, uh, office setting and on the professional side, Your brand can accelerate uh, your career path, it can open doors to clients, it can shorten your sales cycle. There are just so many benefits for uh, having an intentional, strategic, and purposeful uh, approach to all things brand. And so uh, about the company. So, this Friday, we're celebrating our seventh year in business, and we're extraordinarily excited about that. And I'm very appreciative for my team because they are amazing. Secondly, um, we focus on strategic communications. We are a full-service consultancy. So, what that basically means is we help organizations, entrepreneurs, and uh, executives with their brands. We also are strategists, so we spend a lot of time helping uh, businesses and executives with career planning and strategy, client acquisition, and the like. We uh, focus also on ideation. So if you are um, going to market with a new product or service, if you're trying to acquire clients um, in a different profile, if you are trying to expand your business ge- from a geographical perspective, Uh, We can help you with that and think that through and execute against that. And then finally, we're all things marketing communications. So um, that's a little bit about us.
0: Awesome. Now, I am quite certain as we go through the program today, a lot of you will have questions. And so you can call in your questions to 929-477-1199, or you can email your questions to us at at support-at-everything-hr- FS.net. That is support at everything HR. F is in financial, S is in SAM.net, because I know a lot of you join us online too. And so, Renee, I'm going to allow you to go ahead, since you are definitely the F expert on this topic, and talk to us about executive presence and mastering it without breaking a sweat.
1: Well, thank you so much. So, um, I'm going to start by saying, um, I want to I just get to some of the myths so that the audience can be a little bit open in terms of what we're going to share. So if you're an introvert, I am one as well. I happen to pick a profession that requires me to be in front of lots of people all the time. And so the first thing I want to make sure that we recognize is that being an introvert really is just about um, how you recharge your batteries, how you refuel your energy. And so as introverts, we need quiet and peace. So we can do a lot of things, (laughs) uh, but then we also have to make sure that we get that quiet time. If you're an extrovert, you need to be with a lot of people. And that's how you get your energy, and that's how you sort of refresh yourself and whatnot. So being an introvert in and of itself does not mean that you are incapable of Mastering executive presence, commanding a room, leading high performance teams, or anything else you desire. You just have to understand that it is an excuse if you're using, you know, I'm an introvert, so therefore I cannot do this, that, or the other thing, versus an affliction. <laughs> so you want to make sure that um, we clarify that right up front. The second thing is I'm going to share, because um, everything we do with our clients, um, whether they're executives, organizations or companies, we are focused on data-driven um, results because that's the most efficient and most effective way to accelerate um, the desired results. And so I'm going to start the conversation today with a few, I'm not going to give you all but a few of the uh, stats around um, executive presence and their components of which there are <clears throat> excuse me there are three. So there is a ton of research um, uh, that's been done on this particular topic. The one that I'm going to reference the most right now is the Sources, the Center for Talent Innovation and Executive Presence Research. And it was sponsored by some global brands that you'll be very familiar with, um, American Express, Bloomberg, Deutsche Bank, Ernest & Young, Gap, Goldman Sachs, of course and Moody's foundation and several others. And essentially they uh, surveyed 268 senior executives on this issue and topic of executive presence. So the first component that we recognize when we see someone and feel like they have all of the charm and charisma and all of that is gravitas, right? So exuding confidence and grace under fire Um, 79% of those executives said that contributes to a woman's executive presence. It's 76% for men. So what that means is um, if you are not presenting yourself in a confident, way, if you get extraordinarily rattled um, under uh, tense situations, then that will deduct from your executive presence, right? So those individuals who are able to demonstrate confidence, and I'm going to put a pin there and say it's confidence not being cocky or those other things, but that you're very comfortable in your skin, that you um, are confident in your capabilities and your knowledge, that you're not seeking uh, approval or constantly apologizing, which a lot of people do, those things really are important when you talk about Gravitas and having people pay attention to and give value to what your contribution is, whether it's a meeting, a presentation, or uh, leading your team, negotiations, whatever it might be. So the other part of Gravitas is that uh, these executives said that 70% view acting decisively and showing teeth contributes to executive presence for both men and women. So again, that is also very, very important in terms of your decision-making ability. So if it takes you a while to get to a decision, Sometimes that can be okay. You don't want to demonstrate that consistently. They want to know that you have command of your team, of your corporation, of your um, company, your department, whatever it may be, and that you are effective in making decisions.
0: Now Now, here's one that I think – I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, now you said a couple of things there. If they are struggling in those areas, I mean, I think both of us know a lot of individuals that struggle with making a decision and we just kind of want to shake them and say, make a decision already. (laughs) Um, How do they correct that? What's the best way to correct that? So first and foremost,
1: um, you should embrace your process, right? So if, and figure out what causes, what, what you need to be comfortable to actually make that decision. So, oftentimes, we uh, can be a fearful of actually making the wrong call. And so, you need to run the traps, right? And you can do that either with a confidant or a member of your team that you trust on um, their advice and counsel. You can ask them to create or get research for you or whatever the case might be to give you enough information. But at some point as a leader, you have to make a call. And sometimes you just don't have the luxury of going through a full process. And so what you have to do is recognize what and embrace what your process is. So I'll give myself as an example. Uh, I tend to get to decisions through questioning. And what I learned over the course of my career when I was in corporate and managing teams and whatnot is that my need to run through the traps to get to the answer was to question. And it was, in some instances, causing some um, angst with my, my team because they felt like they could never really be prepared to <laughs> have that conversation with me because I would always have more, a, a lot of questions. And so once I was able to understand that my process was having an impact on them, instead of asking all 12 questions out loud, I'd ask four questions out loud and I'd ask the other ones to myself privately and I was still able to get to the decision or whatever the case might be. So if your process is to feel comfortable to make the call, you need to have a contingency plan already figured out or whatever, whatever that is, make sure that you create an efficient process to get through that, and then recognize there are times when you just can't do all of that, and you will have to make a call based on what you know in the heat of the moment, and you need to be okay with that.
0: That is so true. And I think as leaders we have to keep in mind that we're human beings, and with being human beings, anyone that is successful, they'll tell you that they had some failures, they had some mistakes, And we have to be easy on ourselves to give ourselves the opportunity to say, you know what, we learn just as much in our failures as we do in our successes and take them as learning experience and learning opportunities so that we don't beat ourselves up so much until that just weakens our confidence altogether.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you raise an interesting point in terms of failure. So, The way uh, we think of fail, right, is first approach in learning. So sometimes you have to fail in order to learn the lesson to be more successful in the end, and that's okay. And we should not necessarily harp on that, right? I mean, it's an opportunity to get in more information, to learn what works or what doesn't work, and to move from there. And so I think you're right. A lot of people stay stuck.
0: They do. They do, they really do, and and it's just, it's a part of life. I mean, it just is a part of life. And we have to learn to laugh at ourselves and just keep going.
1: Absolutely. And remember, you know, there's nothing that you really can't recover from. You just have to, it may take a little longer, you have to, but it's, it's all part of the
0: process. It is. It really, and it's all a part of being an executive because, you know, in order to be a true executive, you've had some bumps in the road. You have some scars to kind of show for it, and, and it kind of goes with the territory. So <laughs> embrace Absolutely. it.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: I mean, after all, if
1: everybody could be a leader, then we we wouldn't separate folks, right? I mean, so with uh, that comes, yeah. that opportunity to grow as well. And sometimes I think leaders also uh, – need their teams and not give them the opportunity to be able to empower themselves and to grow as well. And that also allows you to grow as a leader. So it's really, really important.
0: That is so very, very true. That is so true because if you're going to be a leader and you're going to be controlling, you're stifling their growth and their ability to quote-unquote I don't want to say think outside the box because if you're going to be successful, you can't even have a box. You have to think. <laughs> you can't. You can't even have a box because, you know, in, in order for us to stay ahead of or to be forward thinking and to think beyond what our clients' needs are and what their expectations are, not just for today but for tomorrow and the next year and the following year, you can't have a box. Right. And you have to be able to explore other ideas from your team and encourage them to bring things, ideas to you, because you, you want those ideas to represent your customer base, and that's where the diversity and all the other things come in. You know? And so if you're going to be controlling, you will not have that. You won't get that at all.
1: Absolutely, absolutely correct. And, you know, I think too, um, sometimes we get into our own heads in our own bubble, no matter where you sit in the organization, and don't necessarily appreciate, again, going back to the, the, the humanness of who we are, um, what that means in terms of emotional intelligence and all the other, other things that um, actually gives organizations the opportunity to be extremely successful. I mean, I haven't um, studied or worked with an organization that's been highly successful that didn't understand the value of um, having bumps in the road and sometimes failing in order to get to the next level. Mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's, 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 it stretches you. I mean, if, if you can't take the bumps, you don't want to be a business owner or a, 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 an executive leader because it will humble you to the core and you have to realize that it, it, it really takes a village just like you said in order for something to really be successful it is and so what other good tidbits you can give us with mastering it without breaking a sweat the executive presence
1: Sure. So another key component of the pillar of executive presence is communication, right? So gravitas, communication, the ability to command the room is really, really important. And that can mean a lot of different things. But essentially, you need to make sure that when you're in a room, people are aware that you're there (laughs) and they um, can acknowledge that. Um, oftentimes, uh, particularly if you go to a luncheon or, you know, you're at a networking event or a business meeting, people will tend to go toward the corners or go toward the end of the table furthest away from whoever they perceive to be the power player or whatever not, and that's really the wrong mode. Um, if you have executive presence, you are very, very comfortable and able to speak truth to power. But more importantly, you're, you're part of that, um, that leadership team. So um, one thing that uh, I have shared with uh, clients and uh, audiences that I've, I've spoken to with respect to this topic is this idea that you can do a really good job and you can be expert at what you deliver, whether it's a product or service whether you're in a corporation or a company uh, as a professional or a senior executive. But if they don't see you as a member or a potential member of their leadership team, then you're not going anywhere. You've effectively hit the ceiling. So it's not enough to just be good at delivering the product or service. It, you have to also have the communication the gravitas and gravitas and the appearance and whatnot so they can see you as a colleague, as they can see you as, as a peer at that top level. And oftentimes, folks don't really appreciate that and how important it is that that is something that they um, not only project, but they literally authentically work towards. Because if they can't see you as a member of their club, they're never going to allow you in.
0: That's a very good point. That's a very good point. Are there any, I know you mentioned, and I'm an introvert too, by the way.
1: And when I say that to people, they go I like, are, are
0: you kidding? And I'm like, no, I am an introvert. You know, and I can I have no problem talking in public or anything like that, but I do need my downtime which is just me because mm-hmm. that's what recharges me, just like you say. And the ability for those that are extrovert, you know, they have no problem being around people because that's the, really the way that they process and get their energy and all of those things from being around other people. But for those that are introverts, how do they get, how are there any techniques that they can use with a customer or someone to, to allow them to see them as being a part of their team, of being able to be on their team?
1: Absolutely. So um, first and foremost, you really do need to, and this goes back to brands, for your company and yourself, right? So I'm there. the way we view brands is there are four components and two of them most folks don't think of. So the first one is your personal brand and that's where your character and integrity, knowledge, and all that stuff resides, right? So you want to make sure that uh, you're authentic, uh, you have integrity, because everybody wants to do business with, promote, support individuals who they know, like, and respect. So that's where that's it. Then, as you progress, um, whether you started your company uh, have a, um, ascended to a leadership role, you're in executive leadership or some sort of leadership role, you have an executive brand. And that's all about how you are able to lead teams. And teams is not just the individual who uh, report directly to you that you control hiring and firing and uh, salary considerations and whatnot. Team is larger than that. You should think more of a metrics organization where you have the ability to influence, work with, and create more of a global team either across the organization or around the the literal globe, right? So your executive brand is all about your leadership capability. And so as you kind of progress through your career or your business continues to grow, it is really, really important that you continue to evolve both your uh, your executive brand. And oftentimes people stop, right? They get busy. We're doing it. You should continue. Your brand is a a dynamic um, asset that should grow as you and your organization grows. So then there's the organization brand. So whether, again, you own the company, you're running a company, you're um, employed by a company, you are (laughs) co-branded with that organization. And so the, the integrity of the organization and its brand Uh, also is a component of your overall brand. And then the last one that gets um, little uh, attention, uh, I think, um, is the employer brand, right? So as an organization, as a leader, you, you have to be focused also. If you want to attract and retain top talent for your organization, department, or team, you absolutely have to make sure that your employer brand, and that's, how employees are treated, the culture of your organization, how you manage individuals and whatnot, is all very, very important. And so I'll give a quick example. So early in my career, I was um, a city official. I worked for uh, Dennis Archer, mayor of the city of Detroit, for eight years. When I went into that role, I think I started two days after my 29th birthday. And I literally had, I created a matrix team of 50 individuals across multiple city agencies to help plan, produce, and execute uh, large events in the city of Detroit, the Grand Prix, fireworks, Thanksgiving Day Parade, which was televised, all those types of things. Now, I did not have hiring or firing or disciplinary capability. And frankly, I was um, among kind of one of the youngest people in the room. But I respected their role and their knowledge. And we created this team and we did a ton of things and got a lot of stuff done. And we did it because I was very, very focused on making sure that my personal brand, my leadership brand, was all on point and that I was empowering them to do their best on behalf of the residents of the city of Detroit. So it really wasn't about me. It was really about making sure they had what they needed so that they could do the best job possible and to optimize our limited resources, right? So everybody has that opportunity, uh, but you have to sort of, get again, get out of your head and really recognize that there are multiple components to your brand, and you want to manage all of them with intent and purpose.
0: Okay. So you said like a mouthful in that. Um, <laughs> because, and, and I think, and this goes for all levels. When you're managing your personal brand, and, and what I hear in that, and, and doing leadership trainings and all those kind of things, what I hear in that is when you have your personal goals and mission, you have to line those up with the organization's goals and mission, and when you do that correctly, both of you come out successful.
1: Absolutely, 100%.
0: And both of you get the opportunity to actually shine. It's not one over the other one. It's like, no, I am quite sure the city of Detroit recognized your presence and the work and the effort that you did. And it shows in your reputation, as you stated, and, and all of those things. So you still get rewarded. The city of Detroit got rewarded by having such great experiences and, and, and events, um, things planned out of that. And so being able to, to recognize you're, you, you are able to create a win-win situation when you do that, when the goals line up together one doesn't outshine the other one, both shine together, that's where I think your reputation starts to exceed you. And as an executive, you're able to be seen as a team player.
1: Absolutely. And that clearly is a way to kind of get the door open. So continuing with that, right, so I've been out of city government for quite a while. I think I left in 2001, right? So... I started my company in uh, May of 2012, and my company launched with an email to 75 people, a good portion of whom I had met throughout my career in various roles, including the city of Detroit. But for that group, I had not necessarily stayed in touch. Like, you know, I might see something on, you know, one of the social platforms or something like that, but not anything intentional or purposeful. So I emailed these 75 people. Um, the email had an 80% open rate. I received a ton of let me know how I can help you, um, congratulations, I'm glad you're doing this, whatever. But it was all based on the fact that I have always managed very carefully my professional, personal, leadership, executive brand, Right. So, And as a result of that, my first client I had within my first six weeks of opening uh, as a consultant, and um, the contract was just shy of, I think it was like 80 grand. So it matters, and it's something that is an investment that pays dividends, and I continue to help them as well. So it really, really is important that you really think about and take hold of your brand. So the last piece I want to talk about real quickly is appearance. So how you show up, your physical appearance, clothing, all of it, has a lot to do largely with how people filter your communication skills and your gravitas. So if people are distracted by clothing or, you know, whatever, they're not going to hear you as clearly. And where this becomes really relevant is that, like, going back to the survey real quick, 83% of those executives said that appearance blunders um, detract from a woman's executive presence, but it's only
0: 76%
1: for men. And so we really, as women, have to be very mindful of how we present ourselves. And also, uh, it can elevate you as well. So pay attention to the culture. Pay attention to the culture you set for your organization because your employees are also representing your brand, and so you want to make sure that they're delivering against your whatever your brand promise is.
0: That is so very, very true. Now, we're coming up to about the halfway mark of our program, so now if someone wanted to reach out to you to get more information and or allow you to assist them, how would they reach you?
1: Uh, so, the best way um, actually is to email me at hello at Renee, R E N E E, Tia's and Tom Walker dot com. Again, hello at Renee, R E N E E, Tia's and Tom Walker dot com.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And is there a onboarding process if they had questions or how would that go? If they wanted to, to say, Renee, I need your help like today.
1: <laughs> so um, we start with a conversation, right? So what we would do is reach back, um, get something like a 15-minute or half-hour conversation scheduled, which is complimentary, so I could better understand exactly where they feel they need help or how we might help, and then we'll go from there. So it depends on what, what they need and um, how fast they need it, but we are pretty responsive. So we look forward to uh, I'm hearing from
0: folks. Awesome. Awesome. And so just if, if you had to give them a, a quick recap of the what we covered or what you covered in the last half hour, how would you do that? What, what can we tell them to catch them up if they joined us late?
1: Okay. So first, if you're an introvert, don't use it as an excuse. It just means you have to have downtime to refuel and recharge. If you're an extrovert, that means you simply need to be around people. That's where you get your fuel and your energy. Neither good or bad. It's just what it is, and um, don't use it as an excuse to not engage, move your career, your company forward. The second piece is in terms of executive presence, there are three components. Gravitas, meaning that you're comfortable and confident. Uh, and you can command a room. Uh, The second is communication, meaning that you have the ability to succinctly and effectively communicate your thoughts and ideas. And then finally, as a parent, how you show up has a lot to do with how people interpret what you say and what filters they put up. And so that's basically what we covered.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And so now if we go into the second half of, of our program, where, what, what things should we now be mindful of?
1: So, the big thing Express- I want to say is, I'm going, go ahead, sorry. No, nope, go right ahead. Go right
0: ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah. so I want to just final, finalize appearance, and this is really, really important. New York University in 2011 did a study, and what they were interested in knowing is what happens when we see one another as humans. And what they found out is, and this is really, really important. In the first seven seconds of seeing someone, we make 11 major decisions about that person. They have not walked fully into the room, perhaps. They probably haven't taken a seat. They certainly have not spoken yet. But we are already making decisions about their education level, their economic level, their perceived credibility and believability. Are they competent? Are they honest? Trustworthiness? their level of sophistication. There is a lot happening in those first seven seconds, so we absolutely need to control those first seven seconds.
0: Wow. (laughs) That's all I can say is wow. So would you say the best way to control those seven seconds, and you, you have mentioned physical appearance, is, number one, neural audience, Absolutely. So that Absolutely. we can prepare accordingly. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and it is uh, being comfortable in your own skin, right? So even um, when people, when you see someone speak, uh, public, uh, a speech or whatever, Uh, it's less about remembering what they said. You typically remember how they made you feel. And then you might remember a point or two that they made that really resonated with you, right? But you're not going to be able to recall the entire conversation that they had with you, whether it's five minutes or 25. So it really is about controlling those those first seven seconds because, again, that's part of their filter. And they're making judgments about you that they then are going to spend the rest of the time sort of figuring out. So uh, also I'll say that in, um, uh, for your company, right, so you have a website. Well, you only have two-tenths of a second for someone to decide whether or not you're credible, and that the site is something that is going to be of value to them before they click off and never come back. Two-tenths of a second. So it's really, wow. really important that you're representing your brand appropriately and that it is conveying on your behalf. Because, again, in the first scenario, you are walking into a space. You haven't spoken to the room yet. They don't know. They're making decisions. On your website, you have even less time for them to uh, decide that your site is of value and of interest to them. And so you want to absolutely control the optics. And I'll tell you, uh, I had someone say to me a couple years ago, very highly successful female entrepreneur, uh, great person, and very intelligent, and she. And what she said to me is, people keep um, treating me like I'm a kid. Um, she did look very young for for all that she has was had already accomplished and would accomplish. And she said, I it's just so frustrating. And so I said, okay, here's the here's the deal, right? Sometimes you just have to speak absolute plain truth. You show up looking like a kid. You're wearing ballerina slippers or shoes and uh, khakis. So they they feel like you're in over your head. Show up like an executive, and you'll find that you'll need to retrain some people, but all the new people you meet will not have that approach with you. So it
0: does matter. It does matter. And, And what you just said is so true as far as we all need someone that's going to be honest with us and in our lives, and we need to identify those individuals and tell them, if you see something that's not right, you need to give them the freedom to say, hey, pull me aside and tell me what's what. Because it does interfere with your personal brand. So you being able to just be honest with that person, you know, that, that goes a long ways. Now, it's Absolutely. up to them whether or not they follow it, but they got the truth at least.
1: 100%. 100%. And I can tell you that... We tend to put a lot of obstacles, particularly as entrepreneurs. I see people that all the time have great products and services, great company culture, great employees, and because of how they show up as the leader, as the executive, as the owner, as the entrepreneur, they literally lengthen the sales cycle for their for their company. Because now people are like putting like, well, are they are we sure they can do it? I mean, they're sowing doubt when actually the goal is to always um, make sure people are confident in your capability, and they get to value that, right? So brands are all about having in, in the business world and um, your prospective clients and your customers uh, convey value upon you, right? So it's not just this is how we look or whatever. This is them saying, I trust you, uh, I value you, your counsel, I believe you're going to help me succeed with my business if you're B2B, or as a consumer, I know that I'm going to get personal customized service or whatever your brand signature is. So it really does matter. And it's it also your competitive advantage, whether it's personal, executive, whatever. It is your competitive advantage. A lot of companies Um, and people spend a lot of money and resources on trying to figure out how to differentiate themselves, or worse yet, they say, well, I make what they make, but you don't, you don't, but your customer service is a differentiator. Or maybe you have a process that allows for you to be able to deliver it more efficiently or or faster or whatever, uh, but you're just like, oh, I'm like them, but you're not. So, so brands matter.
0: It does. It does matter. And and that is definitely the perfect way that we distinguish ourselves from our competitors because our personal brand and the way our relationship building with others, whether introvert or extrovert, that's what helps distinguish us. Because in the end, are we really do we really have a different product or service than our competitors? Probably not. But the way that we deliver our personal brand and the service behind it, that's what makes the difference between us and our competitors.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, um, I think you asked me how to do this. So, let's get into
1: that. So, the first thing is you want to take a look at all of your uh, social media profiles as well as your biography or resume and make sure that it's at executive level. And so oftentimes, particularly with resumes or um, or bios, executives want to focus on the things they do or process versus the results they deliver. And that's a significant shift, but it's an important one. Because customers or prospective customers are coming to you uh, because they, they want you or they need you to help them grow or be more successful or address a challenge or leverage an opportunity. And so they want to understand, like, what you've done or how you can be of help to them. And so, you know, with, you know, resuscitating basically, you know, I was responsible for all that kind of language, get rid of it. It should really be this is how we help our clients succeed, or this is the value we provide, or this is how we contribute to our client success. Is the model you want to go with. On your social media profiles, what's really, really important is that you, you absolutely take control of what you're saying. Because, again, that seven seconds, comes back into play because um, in today's way of doing things, even if they meet you first, they're going to go to LinkedIn or whatever to check your credentials, right, to see who, what you're about or whatever. And so you want to make sure that you're putting your best face forward um, and all the profiles that you are on. And I'm going to just segment one second here and say you don't need to be on every social media platform. Each one has uh, a unique thing. Twitter really is mostly geared toward journalists uh, because that's where a lot of breaking news, a lot of journalists get their ideas, their sources and whatnot. LinkedIn, everybody should have it. Um, It should be very thoughtfully done. And um, that's where people go to check your credentials and see kind of who you're associated with or may know or organizations or whatever not. So that's really, really important. Facebook, either B2B or B2C, literally is a great way to reach larger audiences for your products or services. Uh, And then Instagram is um, similar, but if you're in a space or a business that doesn't have very, very compelling imagery, then I would stay away from Instagram because what drives that is the visual um, just, you know, so just quickly. So you want to engage on the appropriate social media platforms and you want to remember and employ all the, appropriate social graces, both on and offline, but you really want to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success. So I I get reports from LinkedIn and whatever not all the time about, you know, a hundred people viewed or 200 people viewed your profile or whatever not. So people do go there to check and you want to make sure that you're giving them the appropriate understanding of who you are, um, what your brand's about. Um, That's really, really important. And so on that point, you do need a professional headshot. There's no way around it. The one in the park with the grass behind yeah, that's that's nice, but not professional. So unless, of course, your business happens to be agriculturally based, um, then okay, maybe. But as an executive, you want to show up again. You want to be able to be seen as a peer, a colleague, a potential peer or colleague so that you can get into the club, Right. So um, you want to make sure that you actually invest in a professional headshot. And they don't have to be extraordinarily expensive, but you absolutely want to make sure that you put your best faith forward.
0: Now, is that something if someone came to you to improve their executive presence that you're able to assist them with and line up with them, like you need to see this person or you need this done or that done?
1: absolutely so in our process again we start with a conversation and then we do an assessment we do a full evaluation based on listed social media profiles bios, resume whatever it is and we try and get a sense of where you want to where you are where you've been and more importantly where you're headed where you want to go what what are your desired goals and uh, results and then we help you elevate to get to that conversation. And the same thing is true for um, organizations and companies, right? So you've uh, won this huge contract you've been working for for a very, very long time, and it's kind of like the dog catches the car. Well, once uh, once you arrive at that next level, how you show up, the communications, the processes, all of those things change. You have to evolve, and sometimes you have to do it quite quickly uh, in terms of also bringing your team along, right? So, we used to operate this way, now we have this huge um, new opportunity, and we have to look at processes and do things differently. So, but you can't leave them kind of where they were. They have to come with you in order to continue to deliver your brand promise. So, we look at, uh, we take a holistic approach, and we look at all aspects before we um, actually start talking strategy we really want to understand the space you play in where you want to go what uh, you know what that looks like and then what's necessary for you to join the club or excel and you know leave the club whichever is appropriate.
0: Awesome awesome because a lot of and obviously you already know um, especially if you're dealing with us that are small businesses we just know our craft that's all we know. <laughs> And that's all we're interested in doing and the other stuff. You know, we, we know that it's a necessity, but we put that off. But a lot of times we don't recognize that's the thing that helps us propel our business. And so <laughs> that's where we need folks like you to say, wait, this goes hand in hand. You can shorten your sales cycle. You know, let's put these things in place because they all work with you all, you know, all together. And Absolutely. so being able to have folks like you on board, um, they with us. And, and my thing is, if it's not your area of expertise, don't try it. <laughs> Get someone that it is their area of expertise and do it, because you can spend your time doing something else that is revenue generating for your business, that will more than enough pay for, you know, the services that you need to have done professionally. So that, that's where my piece of advice. But for those that are looking for, as you stated, whether they're introvert or extrovert in their management styles, and, and obviously both of us know that Myers-Briggs, is good as that, is giving them what their management style is and learning more about themselves and their communication styles and what their weaknesses and things like that. Are you able to help them with that assessment once they have it done and they can bring it to you and they can say, How can I improve on these areas?
1: Absolutely. Um, We actually prefer finder from Gallup uh, for two reasons. Number one, um, if you go online and uh, purchase their book, which isn't extraordinarily expensive, they give you a unique code to their assessment tool. It takes about 90 minutes. There are probably 200 questions. So if you're thoughtful and honest, uh, it will give you kind of what your strengths are. So instead of trying to look at it from a here's our you know here are deficiencies, um, we do address those if they're blocking the ability to succeed. However, we really like to start from a position of strength. And so what do you do well? Um, what, where, where do we need to build from? Like, let's not just try and focus on what de- deficits or perceived deficits there might be. The second thing, the reports that they give you, we really help our clients understand is that um, how you, sh- again, getting back to this, how you show up. Uh, it's very insightful from that perspective. So you will recognize exactly the situations that they're describing for you. They will be vivid in your mind, and you will remember that, oh, yeah, that happened, and I was in this room, and everybody looked kind of weird or it got quiet or the energy left or whatever, or people were really excited, whatever the case might be. That is very, very important intel for how you command a room, for because how, how you show up has an impact on everybody who you come in contact with. And so understanding that. So I'm 100% certain and clear and embrace the fact that I can – at times, be a force, (laughs) so I have to recognize that that is, in some environments, uh, counterproductive, and so it doesn't mean that I'm not who I am, it just means I don't lead with that. I might lead with some other aspect of my personality or or whatever not, right? So um, so we like stress finders because we think that that's a more um, positive approach, and in the long run, um, you're building on what you already do well. And if we can focus on those things, then what the perceived or actual deficits are become less important.
0: Awesome, awesome. And can they take that and kind of develop, if I hear you correctly, you're saying you'll take the strength finder and kind of help them develop a leadership plan, um, so to speak, so that they can, you know, basically use that as a living document to build upon their strengths. You know, as they accomplish their strength in one area, they can go to the next thing and, and keep going. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. Absolutely. We also, um, I also oftentimes uh, create a specific reading list or resource list for uh, my coaching clients as well. Uh, because um, just hearing it from me, everybody doesn't learn the same way. Some people um, need to read it, some people need to experience it through exercises, other people. Um, It's video or, you know, multimedia content. And so we do a variety of um, resources so that uh, however you absorb and resonate with information the best is that we're actually providing that.
0: Awesome. That is so good because it's so well needed for so many people. They're in an executive position with a corporation or organization and those that are business owners themselves Um, because a lot of them, especially that are business owners, never had any formal coaching or management skill training or anything like that. And so being able to come to you and being able to lean on that to obtain that from you is huge. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Um, Even like we um, do spend time with some clients on uh, media training uh, because it's really important, not because you're just going to do an interview with media. It also gives you the confidence confidence and comfort to be able to stand up and lead a sales presentation um, or to an audience or whatever the case might be. So it's really, really important. The training is really good because you feel um, that you have the knowledge and the ability to be able to respond to situations that just sort of occur without, you know, a whole lot of prep. Uh, So we really, really highly um, recommend that folks go through uh, an actual media training with on-camera practice as well. It really sort of helps you with the feedback and get more comfortable being able to literally
0: bring your brand to life. Now that's uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Watching yourself on video, it's like, oh, my God, like hearing yourself, you know, listen to yourself, you know, on a recording. That's challenging. But it teaches you a lot. But it's challenging. That, that's something that it takes very thick skin because I think we're most critical of ourselves than other people
1: are. 100%. And we really do just need to get out of our own way. I, I like to tell folks, you know, when it comes to what you do, you're the expert on that. And so you really shouldn't worry about whether or not you're going to necessarily, your information is going to be of value. What devalues that is, um, if you're uncomfortable, if you're shifting, if you're apologizing, because I've seen speakers do that. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm not sure I know that or whatever. And, and the room just deflates. And so there are very few things that you have to really do well to be able to be successful with resonating with an audience. Because at the end of the day, it's a conversation. It just happens to be a conversation of one you to many as opposed to one to one or one to three or whatever. So it's always just a conversation. Um, It could be a large conversation. It could be an extremely large conversation, or it could be a more intimate one-to-one, one-to-three. So absolutely.
0: And and not to, uh, to forget our extroverted folks. You know, there are extroverted people that have a difficult time talking to people in public, too. It's not just introverts that have a problem with this. Extroverts have a problem with talking in public to large crowds or a group of people, too, as well. They may feel more comfortable if they're in their element on a social basis or just around in the office, but if they had to do public speaking, there are a lot of extroverts that have a difficult time with public speaking, too. So we're not just saying only extroverts can do that. No, there are some of them that have challenges, too. So extroverts would also need your services in this area.
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, that's an excellent point. I mean, when you ask people what they're most fearful of, public speaking is usually one or two. <laughs> I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it cuts completely across the board. And, again, uh, I think part of it is driven from a fear of, being, of not being prepared or, you know, of a, a situation occurring and not knowing how to handle it, where, again, media training comes into place, uh, because it really sort of teaches you how to be present in the moment, and be able to address things, right? So I have had speaking engagements where um, individuals have sought to challenge not so much me, but the information I was providing. And you don't get rattled. You have a conversation, right? So we might have to agree to disagree, uh, but I don't let that throw me off what I'm saying. So I think it's really, really important that, to your point, that everybody goes through a process and that they become comfortable. And this isn't just um, public speaking with an audience. This is how do you show up at your weekly staff meeting, whether you're the leader or you're a participant. Uh, Again, because it's about gaining the skills to be able to get into the club, right, if you want to continue to progress in your career. So people have to see you in that role or the potential to be in that role, so that they can help you get there. Because none of us ever get anywhere on our own. It takes a team. And some people are sponsors, some people are coaches, some people are mentors, uh, some people are just cheerleaders. But we need all of that in order to
0: be successful. That is so very, very true. We do. We need all of that. And then some. Because it's... It is one thing to, to arrive at, at a certain level, but in order to maintain that level, the work doesn't stop. The work continues or even get even more aggressive. I mean, you have to, you know, this isn't like a one-time thing. You know, this is an ongoing process. And we can't just say, you know what, I can go do all these things that Renee is suggesting, and then once I have them done, everything is just set. I don't have to do anything else. That's not true. No. There's an ongoing process, so there's an ongoing relationship that we have to have with folks like Renee.
1: Well, thank you. And I'm going to be honest. I have an entire team as well, right? Um, I rarely – it's very difficult to write about yourself, so bio and all that. Um, I have writers who do that for me as well. I actually have a glam squad. So if you look at my profile pictures, um, that was not me. (laughs) My makeup artist is phenomenal and um, the photographer and all of that. Um, So I have an entire team. I have a stylist. Uh, wardrobe stylist um, at times when I'm going to enter a a room or a particular space and I have a definite, you know, idea of what my strategy needs to be in the room. I will, you know, go to Marcus and say, hey, I've got this coming up. What do you think I should wear or whatever? And they put together the entire look. So I do it as well. So I practice what I preach. Um, I know we're getting close to time, so I just wanted to quickly highlight if I could the executive presence pillars. So the three um, essential attributes or components are gravitas, communication, and appearance, and what that translates into executive positioning. So I talked about your social media profiles, your bios, and those types of things. Poise, demeanor, grace under fire, a polished appearance, you have to look and, and uh, show up, as a member of the club, and as our moms used to say back in the day, you know, you dress for the position you want, not the one you have. Uh, Your presentation capability is important. As I just mentioned, I have a professional team of folks who get me together all the time, and you have to practice.
0: That is so true. Now, tell folks how they get a hold of you again.
1: So I'm going to also offer uh, an ebook book uh, that's a companion to the conversation we just had about um, mastering executive presence. So if you go to ReneeWalker.com, uh, on my homepage, there's a button that says you can access it now. Uh, you can sign up for communications and whatnot. If you want to reach me in terms of consulting or um, having a conversation or a follow-up question or whatever not, please email me at Hello at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, T is and Tom, walker.com. Awesome,
0: awesome. Again, thank you guys so very much. Thank you, Renee, for sharing so much valuable information with us this morning. And I would like to invite everyone back with us on next week at 8 a.m. We'll have another guest uh, speaker here. And please, Send us your, you know, suggestions as to what type of topics that you're looking for at support at And also feel free to give us a call at 586-461-1400, and that's our office number. If you have any other further questions, but definitely make sure that you reach out to Renee um, because it is very valuable that we have someone like her on our team. Thank you, and have a great, great day.